Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. Gerald Glassford, thanks so much for watching and listening. We truly appreciate it. She is back with us once again. You got to go and check out her awesome show, the Mother Daughter Ish podcast. It is, of course, Don Fobbs. We're back with our awesome dedication at this segment to the wonderful world of television, as only she can deliver to you. Miss <laughs> Don Fobbs with our May TV report. Great to have you back, my friend. Oh, I am so excited. And I tell you, you are very lucky to catch me today because you know what? Queen Charlotte came out on Netflix and it's got me in a chokehold. It's so good. <laughs> I bet. It's, it's off of the Bridgertons, you know, series. So Queen yes. Charlotte. And I'm I'm three episodes in and I'm just like glued to the TV. I'm like, I need popcorn. <laughs> uh, anything relating, relating to the word Bridgerton is going to get obviously a lot of eyeballs on it. So I oh, can't blame so you a bit. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's everything that I needed for the weekend. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. There's another show that is going to be relating to a main show. As you know, over the years, Yellowstone has achieved a high level of success over the yes, past few years yes, yes. has gotten uh well into the t millions even in over 10 million at times uh during special episodes but unfortunately it was announced today that due to i guess just the fact that star kevin coster and creator yeah. taylor sheridan just could not come together on a working agreement for kim plus also he's going through some rough, rough times my gosh not only does his show get canceled now after season yeah. five, he gets a slapped with a divorce from his longtime wife, you know, all in the same week. Yes. But again, uh, the issue with Yellowstone was again, you know, how little could he work to get, uh, it was, I yeah. think it was pretty much the case as far as his, his paycheck is concerned, but alas yellowstone yep. may not be dead yet you know there's the two prequels plus there's a spin-off show speaking of spin-off shows like bridgerton yeah. there's a spin-off show in the works for it with rumored to be lead matthew mcconaughey Ugh, i don't know but you know <laughs> but you know we talked about the uh yellowstone because we even had the conversation about him saying he didn't want to work a certain amount of hours and we were even mm -hmm. saying How's that going to work? Well, I just think they just couldn't figure it out. But you would think that somebody would figure something out with all these millions of viewers, because that's the thing that really kills my soul when I find shows that I like, when they get to the good, good, good sweet spot. And then all of a sudden something happens and they're canceled. I really think that's why I get so involved and excited about the shows that I watch. Cause I'm just like, in my mind, they've almost given me PTSD because I'm thinking, well, don't worry. Cause it's not going to last anyway. So you better enjoy it while you can. So I hate that. Paramount is in a kind of like a little bit of a quandary here. They obviously wanted to keep the show. You would normally think you'd want to keep that show running for as long as you can. Right, but right. you know the amount of money it costs to keep that show running at a high level as far as the main show was obviously in question as well for a company that just reported it lost $511 million for last year so Paramount Plus. So their future as a entity is going to be in question, even though Lately's put out some great content in both Yellowstone and Star Trek universes. I think that 
you know, I've just had a chance to go ahead and really take a good look at the interface and a lot of the programming on Paramount Plus. And right. it's one of the, uh, been now, I think in my mind, one of the underrated places to go for streaming outlets. And I'm sorry to see that they've, they've underachieved, uh, you know, as far as what the expectations are. They're right. still like, what, fifth or sixth place in the streaming wars. And it, it, I think that, you know, we've seen the redesign of Max into right. or HBO Max and Discovery Plus into Max, which will be opening up, I think, earlier this uh, later this month on 523. They talked yeah. about how that is finally after losing hundreds of million dollars. Warner Brothers announced that it will probably become profitable by no later than 2024. We may see something like that for Paramount Plus before they finally pull the plug on it. Because, again, there's so much good on Paramount Plus that it, that just never sees the light of day on CBS or anywhere else. But I think it's also that fight to the top. You've got Paramount. You've got HBO Max or Max now. You've got, you know, Disney Plus who wants to really rule the universe over even Netflix. You've got Hulu. You've got – so when I was talking to a friend last week and I said, which all of the streaming networks do you have? She pretty much has them all. I said, so what's your total bill a month? And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm up to about a hundred and something dollars. I said, how much was you paying for your cable? And it was, of course, still more. But it's like there's such a fight to the top of which one are you going to have? Which one are you not going to have? Who's partnering together like Hulu, Disney, and some other stuff was partnered together during the holidays to give you one flat fee. And I think that uh, some of us are getting uh, kind of over it and we're just like, just forget all of it. We'll just stick with the three basic ones we have now, Netflix, Hulu, and maybe HBO or something. But I think it's that fight to the top that's going to ultimately ruin all of them just simply because one is trying to have better programming than the other one is trying to have very customized programming. The other one is trying to have only Marvel and only, you know, only this, only that. And it's just like, it it's becoming a bit too much and it's also becoming a war of the ages okay everybody within this age is on disney plus and everybody within this category is on netflix and you know everybody who owns a t-mobile cell phone has you know the free netflix and then those who were on sprint who went over to t-mobile now they all have the free hulu so we have all those cell phone users on one or the other then you i mean it's just it's becoming a bit much yeah, I agree with you absolutely wholeheartedly on that. And then yeah. uh, you add on top of that with a writer strike. Because, because one of the main reasons why people love streaming outlets is because they have at the access to their fingertips yes. tens of thousands of hours yes. of programming that they would normally not get if they were just watching cable. Commercial and then, free. Yes, but now with the rider strike that just started to take place they're currently in strike right now as far as over wages and i talked about this on the friday show about mm -hmm. how that this is going to be a major problem for people down the road if it isn't already if you like your late night it's going to be harder for you to get late night because that's already been yeah. affected if you like your and daytime SNL? soap opera you, you're already going to see problems with it. if you like your Saturday Night Live, you already got your problems with it. But you're going to see problems if this gets yes. longer and longer. If you have streaming movies, you like all that, that's going to start affecting you down the road as well. Well, I had this conversation with three people this week, one who is a diehard Young and the Restless fan. Mm -hmm. And so I called my mom and I said, did you know there's a writer's strike? 
she goes, yes, and I hope it doesn't affect my show because there's nothing else for me to watch. That's the only one thing I care about. So then I'm talking to somebody else who likes to watch SNL, and they're like, well, they've already canceled the person the last who's three. on their Saturday because yeah. they don't have any writers. And then they started talking about the late night. And you know you have those people who stay up late and they want to see Jimmy Kimmel and all these other people. And I'm saying to myself, it almost took me back five years ago when they had that writer's strike. And that ushered in so much trashy reality TV. And I thought, what's going to be ushered in now if this strike lasts any amount of time? And trashy reality TV. <laughs> how much trashier can we get? You know, we are already at the bucket of trash right now. So I hope it doesn't last long. I hope that whatever it is that they're wanting, they can come to some type of compromise because uh, TV is already a little sketchy right now with us having to make so many decisions on what we want to watch and what we don't. If you then cancel all the program and start running reruns and, uh, nonsensical programs for those people who are all the way in it's just going to ruin their day and some people will get so turned off they may not come back to those programs and then that's you really, the thing and then, yeah. you really, then you have another all my children where they just completely disappeared off of abc so we got to think about our elders who are home and they need their daytime entertainment it is 2007 all over again. It's really just kind of frustrating for us as an individual to go ahead and, and just check this out. Because again, you know, the longer this lasts, the longer it's going to affect us, especially with all this content now being needed for all these different outlets, whether it's broadcast, whether it's cable, whether it's streaming, whether it's yeah. digital for those digital only networks that are out there. Right. Just for, for Roku, for so right. many, right. so many different places that need content, and yeah. to not have writers creating this is going to be very problematic. So, the longer this goes, the more you will feel it down the road. You will, and it could cause a really major, major problem even further down the road. That you know, I've heard some people say yesterday, and. Uh, these actors and actresses better not be working with these writers because they're on strike. And I'm just like, oh, so now we're going to shame people who want to move forward and do some other things. Now, Gerald, you know, I was super, super shocked about 911 moving from Fox to ABC. But that just also furthers my thought process of what I had a month ago when I said something really weird is going on with Fox. Yeah, absolutely. And there is. It starts off for us with nine. 911. Quick, Don, get your phone. Call 911. 911 <laughs> has been canceled on Fox only to move over to ABC, ABC. for season seven. Seven. <laughs> but the reason why is. is I like Angela Bassett. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Angela Bassett did the thing, according to my daughter. She always tells me Angela Bassett did the thing. Well, she and 911 is doing the thing by going to abc yeah. most of it is because of cost reasons which is yeah. kind of funny because again yeah. fox it's so weird because of the the acquisition by disney where now a lot of that falls under a disney umbrella so i guess disney you know they've had an issue trying to boost up abc and their sagging ratings I always thought it well, okay, I not always thought, but I thought Fox had gotten to the situation where it had become in that conversation as the big four of broadcast networks. I thought well, you know it had enough shows where 
it was thought to be, you know, in that realm. But after seeing no. that what happened with 911 this week, I realized yeah. Fox is still the kid sister, the kid brother to the big three of broadcast networks. And they just paid out that big settlement for the nefarious things they did during the election. But that's, but that's, that's Fox News, which is separate Fox is from Fox. Fox. But Fox well, no, Fox. no, no, no. But Fox Entertainment is owned now by Disney. Remember the 20th Century Fox stuff got purchased by Din Disney. Fox News is the which got the hundreds of million dollars. A, I think it's still the name association that they want to move away from. Yeah, that that could be a case as well. Because there's going to be some of their viewers that are not going to understand the separation. They're but Lone Star FOX, and they're just gonna think FOX all across the screen. Like there are some people who don't don't even know all of the things that Disney has to provide. Like if I didn't have adult children who could tell me, because I was saying, oh my gosh, Guardians of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy has a, a a third edition coming out, and I want to go to the movies to see it. And my daughter looks at me and she goes, "Have you seen one?" And I go, "Yes, we went to the movies." She says, "But have you seen two? And I went, "There was a two? She yes. goes, okay, you log into my Disney and you need to see two because you know you're picky. You don't like to see one and then three and four. You, She knows I have to see things in sequence or I will be bothered. So there's so many people who don't know what all is on these other channels. And there are going to be a whole host of people who don't know that that is a separation there. They're just going to hear the word FOX and they're going to just blame everything on that. But I kind of think it was a good move for 911 to go over to ABC because it's just going to make them more powerful with all of the shows that they have over there where they're kind of maintaining themselves. Well, again, ABC is still uh, the three. Yeah. B, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's still, it's still the big three so far behind NBC and CBS as far as the amount of shows that really kind right. of you know, actually get to the point where there's tens, you know, millions of viewers watching and even close to a 10 million viewers watching each and every time out. So they're so far behind the eight ball that they need all the help we can get. And and one of the helps that they're going to get is 911 next fall. But Lone Star 911 for you, Lone Star 911 fans, which will buy one of my daughters is, <laughs> is staying on Fox. So while one 911 goes bye-bye at ABC, the other stays behind at Fox. You know, that makes me kind of wonder, how do they do their decision-making on the viewers? Because they're both, both the shows were getting good views. That's no doubt about that. You can't argue that. But yeah, I just look, I looked at well, I, one's I looked gonna at, go over there and one's gonna stay. That's interesting, right? It, it is interesting. I looked at the ratings recently for both of those series. Um, 911 on Fox was in around the high 20s, 27 to 32 for the last few weeks, whereas Lone Star 911 is about 10 spots behind, right around the oh. high 30s, right there, just to give you an idea on a weekly basis. They both get a, between three and a half to four and a half million viewers per episode. Okay. Get, uh, so, but it sounds like to me that the extra two seasons of nine one one, and I don't, I don't think it's just because of paying Angela Bassett, although she deserves every single penny that she gets. And she plus just, more, you know, yeah, she was just nominated for an yeah, award. Plus, just more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you, but you, you know, I'm not going to put it on any one particular ass, uh, right. actress or actor. Right. But, you know, the reason why that's been speculated, it was recorded by Deadline and, and, and Variety and Hollywood Reporter, that the reason why is cost. 
So if it's make if it's earning a million more viewers per episode than Lone Star 911, mm-hmm. why move it to ABC because of cost? What are the cost differences between 911 and Lone Star? It's very intriguing to me. It just is it very is intriguing. Yeah. It's like, let's say, it's like, let's say you take, um, I guess, NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Right, so let's say right. You, let's say you moved NCIS to ABC as well, but you kept NCIS Hawaii on CBS because That'd of be cost important. reasons. So let's, so how is it so different? That's what I would like to know. That's, that's I what I want to know. What, I where know these, I'm pretty sure it has to do with the behind the scenes money for the producers, because I just heard today that uh, Sherry Shepard, she fired all of Wendy's old producers. And I'm thinking it's more than just wanting to bring in fresh blood. It -hmm. could be wanting to cut the budget in some kind of way. Because of course, somebody who's been on a particular show for 10 or 15 years, they're going to be making maximum amount of money, whereas you could bring in a new fresh team and pay them a little less. So I think it has to probably has to do with that bottom line budget. And ABC may have had more money for the Angela Bassett's and the other folks of the world on that show. It has to be that because like you said, if the, if the viewership is almost neck and neck, that's not it. It's just a million difference. Yeah. No, that's not it. Yeah. You're listening to the pop culture cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? For the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, Check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. But also, my friend, before we head on out, I want to go ahead and talk about Warner Brothers and Discovery and also some shows under the radar that you want yeah, to get Yeah, oh, I can't wait to talk too. about shows under the radar because I'm just always surprised talking to different people and they have no idea what I'm talking about. And I'm like, you haven't even heard of it, really? <laughs> well, but first, though, on the 23rd, we mentioned it real quickly earlier. This, mm-hmm. Yeah, that finally is coming together, Max. A lot of great shows, a lot of great stuff that they're going to debut, a lot of things that they're going to go ahead and check out. Right. But it is Dis- Discovery Plus and HBO Max coming together to create Max. Your thoughts on this? Is this going to be something you're going to value? A, the Warner Brothers CEO was said this week. He said that you know that they will start generating a profit at the hundreds of millions of dollars. The billions of dollars that they were losing will no longer be happening after 2024. They have a profitability and be in the black, so to speak, instead of in the red as far as profit and losses are concerned. So, your thoughts on on Max? Is it going to be something worth watching and checking out? As a viewer, because they have so many shows over there that I already like, you know, I'm going to hang in there. As a business-minded person, I absolutely get it. They've got to do what helps their bottom line. As long as it doesn't affect the shows that we, you know, and just like that, and, you know, all of these other shows that, you know, I like over there, I hope that they keep those shows and that they don't try to go in this whole new Disney direction where, they take out all of these programs that we like. And usually, you know, when the new person takes over or somebody merges, that's exactly what happens. So I'm kind of like on the fence teeter-totter and a little bit like, 
I get it on the business end. You got to do this or want to do this, but how's that going to affect my viewing? You know, is, is that going to give me better programming? Is that going to give me more exciting programming? Is that going to give me, you know, a, a boost in what I'm already watching? Cause I like HBO max and I like it the way it was, mm-hmm. you know, cause what we did is we got Hulu and then in our Hulu, we got, HBO Max and all these other things within it. And so we like being able to go to Hulu and then we can just click on all the other things that we want. I'm just trying to figure out, well, how is that going to be affected at this point? So we won't know until they do it, though. Absolutely. You're correct on that. So we'll see the early return on Max. Yes. I'm surprised that they didn't save Secession and Barry and some really other good shows I mean, Secession ended with such, I was just like, I I was thinking today after I finished Queen Charlotte, I'm like, I might have to watch that last season again because it was. (laughs) Yes. And that's, that's why I'm surprised that they didn't save that for the grand opening of Max. But you know what? Hey, they, they put it out there. Secession, everybody's still talking about it. Yes. A show, though, that I think they should be talking about is called The Other Two. It just debuted this week. It's getting extremely high ratings for a romantic comedy. Okay. I, uh, it, I like the way it sounds. Yeah, it's a series where it says, okay. despite being in the shadows of the pop star, younger brother, and talk show host mother, Brooke and Carrie have found success careers three years later in the third season of the comedy that is now on hbo max it was transferred over from comedy central to this hbo max to excuse me i'm sorry max here because hbo max is a dirty word here in about 18 days so yeah but that's one of my under the radar shows i know you've got a few as well so let me know which shows are under the radar which shows are on the radar to don fobs that may be under the radar to everywhere else well again i am having an affair today with uh queen charlotte on bridgerton Mm -hmm. pretty solid uh, reviews for it yeah um but i did go over to apple uh, because they gave me i bought a new ipad and they gave me a three months for free and i was like mm-hmm. okay let me check it out so there's a show over there called bad sisters it's about these women banding together to kill these bad men and so it's a lot of things that ensue but i remembered you and i we were talking i watched this a few months ago but i'm surprised that all the people who don't know about this but there's a show called on peacock though that's called the resort mm-hmm. and the resort it the reason I love it so much is because every place that issues happen, I've traveled to every place that they talked about in Mexico. So it took me back to the location and to be able to see the same location that I have pictures in those locations. So when I talk to people about the resort and how much fun it is, it almost put me in the mind of Scooby-Doo. And I love me some Scooby-Doo I have since I was a child. As a matter of fact, they had a, a new series thing that they did a, a, a marathon on Scooby-Doo on one of these stations. And I literally the whole weekend watched me some Scooby-Doo. Okay. And I absolutely loved it. Another show that I think is under the radar and I just happen to like uh, stars. And so there's a show on there called The Serpent Queen. I like anything like Bridgerton. I like Kings and Queens shows. I like anything that has to do with uh, the barbarians. I like them. I like the Empress. I am I am 100% into that. I keep telling my daughter, I think in my other life that that had to be me because <laughs> I get way too excited about it. But those are the shows that I think have fallen under the radar with the most people. And I don't know if it's just because they don't like those type of shows or they don't like period pieces 
I happen to love certain period pieces and then there are other ones that I don't like. I mean, I'm trying to make sure that I get over to Netflix, I get over to Hulu, I get over to Peacock, I get over to uh, Max, as it's going to be called, and that I just kind of check out a mixture of everything. But now that I've got that three months free of Apple, I'm going to just kind of see what's happening over there a little bit because... You know, and you know, one thing we keep forgetting about, we keep forgetting about Showtime too, because, you know, Billions is over on Showtime and that is, that is my show there. I love Billions. I was one of the girls that was first day I was in when they start debuting it, I was in and I've never jumped out. So um, I can only hope that our programming gets better and more dynamic and this fight to the top, it's not going to go well. But I'm going to just enjoy the ride while I've got some good programming. You understand? (laughs) Absolutely. And I hope it doesn't get affected at all by the strike. I hope they can come to an agreement very soon and we'll be able to go ahead and watch some good programming down the road, especially. But here's what we know. But here's what we know for sure. Here's what we know for sure from the last strike. It will affect us in some kind of way. We just don't know the magnitude yet. But if you think about the last strike and how it affected our, our programming, it will affect in some kind of way. We just, oh, yeah. we're going to have to sit back, fold our arms and go, hmm. And unless it gets, do. unless it gets decided within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. That right. would be the, that would be the only way. But if this thing goes on 90 days, it's not going to be good. No, it is not, not going to be good for any parties involved, even us as the viewers. And we're a party involved. <laughs> Fall TV. For broadcast, I'll say right there also as well, talking about movies affected early next year would be something that would probably be the first things that stick out to us as far as the program is concerned. Anything as far as on streaming will also be delayed. That's coming up later this year. In fact, like for instance, some of the favorite shows right now, Severance, Cobra Kai, those shows are actually halted production because of the writer's strike. So again, it may not affect you now for a lot of the stuff that you watch, but if the longer this goes, you, you said it right, Miss yeah. Don Fobbs. I'll tell you what, you called it like you saw it. The longer this goes, the more it will affect you, the viewer at home. And now it makes me understand why for all these past years that Tyler Perry never had writers. He just goes off and he spends his time and he writes it and then come back and films it in 10 days. I get it now because as a, as an entrepreneur, if you're thinking this is my livelihood to get my shows done, but then there's a writer strike and you can't go against the grain and use any writers, you better know how to do some writing yourself. These big shows are not going to be able to catch that. But now I understand him as a independent, as an entrepreneur, why he has done, because it was such a big deal that people are saying, well, he doesn't even hire writers. And okay, so what now? My, my attitude now is, so what? If he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to, because if something like that happens, then it affects the bottom line of everybody that he's paying a salary to. And, you know, he's got a nice salary himself, you know. Exactly. <laughs> and, and well-deserved. Well deserved. Well deserved. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You're right on that. You know, he's a very successful individual, one of the most successful in all of Hollywood and entertainment. So, yes, definitely cannot fault him for anything he's doing there. But before we head on out, my friend, you got to go ahead and give us the update on what's going on with the mother daughter ish podcast. I took a couple of months of break because I have 18 people that I was mentoring and showing them how to get things set up and how to start businesses and doing all of that. I'm also planning a mother-daughter brunch for September the 2nd. So we're doing a big mother-daughter brunch here in Houston. Um, I also have a travel club that I've put together with about 10 women and I've been working on that. So I'll be going back 
to uh, doing the podcast probably right here in the next couple of weeks because I've got a group that I'm taking over to Gatlinburg, Tennessee as a you know trip out and we're going to have a really good time. But we have been really behind the scenes doing everything that we've said that we were going to do with businesses and, and, and contracting with multiple different entities so that we can do a lot more outreach and, and services for women. So we are not just talking about it. We are putting those things in action. So uh, we're having a good time with that, but we're really looking forward to our mother-daughter brunch with about 150 women in September here in Houston. Oh, that's awesome. Again, you, for, to check out the entire library of great shows that you yeah. have already out there that people can check out, no better place to go than the Mother Daughter Ish podcast, available Absolutely. wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, no worries. Uh, uh, you know, just keep doing the great work that you do, my friend. Keep watching that TV because you and I have got to talk again. I know sometimes we're sometimes ships passing in the night, just, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, can't finally meet together as far as to do a show. But yeah. When we do, it works and it clicks like magic. Don, I'll tell you what, incredible to have you again, my friend. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Well, I just want to say that by the time we meet again, we're going to be talking about fall programming because we'll be in the thick of the summer and we'll be talking about what's going to get ready to happen for the fall. But I'm also excited to talk about anything new that we get to see in the summer because sometimes they slide a few things in. Like I know the one thing I like is uh, the celebrity uh, family feud that they do every summer. I love that programming over there. But uh, I'm hoping that there's going to be some other juicy shows that we'll be able to talk about uh, next month. So we'll just have to keep our feelers out. And the way things are going in the streaming world, we never know what shows that have been canceled may end up landing over there. So I'm looking for all of it, you know, just whatever happens. But I'm going to definitely keep watching everything that I'm looking at and finding out about more. I'm going to go and check out tomorrow because I'll be done with Charlotte today. So I'm going to go tomorrow and check out the other two because that sounds like something I would be interested in. Absolutely, indeed. She is Don Fobbs. Please go ahead and check it out today at the Mother Daughter Ish podcast. And Don, as always, you are incredible. Truly appreciate everything that you do for us, all the time you take talking TV with me right here at the Pop Culture. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much for watching and listening. I do want to give an update. After our interview, of course, the Friday News Dump gave us something. And that SWAT on CBS has been canceled after six seasons, we think. Because the reason why, even though this season, the series has garnered a double-digit percentage ratings by its move to Friday nights on CBS, CBS and Sony could not come to an agreement on future ownership and also costs of the show. So I guess that means for now, SWAT is on the way out. But there's a strong campaign growing on social media for return to SWAT on another format, another channel, maybe in streaming. So don't count out yet, SWAT fans. If you think that SWAT is going to survive, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But the main thing this weekend going on is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. 
It is now in theaters. It has earned almost $300 million worldwide and around $115 million at the box office. So I just want to go ahead and say, you know what? It is just kind of doing okay. It is just only a little bit above what Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium earned in February. It is the May Marvel release. So it's not earning the huge dollars that Disney has come to expect in the first week of May for a Marvel movie, but it is still doing, I guess, okay out of the bat. The true test for a man of true knowledge, who will join me here in a sec, is will this movie, with all the other movies lined up over the course of this month and in future weeks, will it have the legs to go ahead and continue? Because the problem was with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, not with its first week, but what happened soon after, after it ended up becoming a financial box office failure because it could not sustain any momentum from bad press, bad publicity, bad word of mouth. This movie is getting pretty good word of mouth. It has an A cinema score so far, so we'll see what happens there. But a man to talk about his time watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out today as the man of true knowledge. Of course, at the MCU's bleeding edge, it is Jeff Sloboda. And Jeff, great to have you back, my friend. You wanted to talk GOTG3, so let's talk GOTG3, my friend. All I can say is it's the first MCU film I've ever experienced in my life where I actually took the time to reach out to probably like 35 or 40 different like friends or creators and whatnot and everything, right? And like I just either i just let them know straight up like i tested them all right or facebook message you know messenger them and let them know like hey you can go see the film and like you don't have to be like worried you know what i'm saying or whatever you know like you don't have to be pessimistic or whatever right just like have, go have a good time these characters have been with us for a long time and um like you know they're um they're they're part of what we have left after we lost like basically almost original six so mm-hmm. of course there's that connection with that and whatnot and everything it's interesting because Several of them actually did respond and say to me, like, thank you for, like, you know, let me know that and everything. I was a little bit, like, on the fence. That's a good thing to hear because the fact that, again, the word of mouth is so important as the bad word of mouth basically was the undoing of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania after it got off to the franchise IP Ant-Man best start, unfortunately, ended up with the worst of all the three movies. So you went from the best opening to the worst overall performance. And that's got to be strictly because of the bad word of mouth, because the movies that were running alongside of it in February and March were not strong enough to the point where it should have mattered. The only thing that mattered was it's the bad word of mouth. And to my, my, you know, that's something that's been a great concern to me, my friend. And that's, that is, this is a pivotal point. This is a pivotal point in the time frame of the MCU. The MCU is at a crossroads. You really, for the ongoing future, are people going to stay invested and interested in it? And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has to be a success, I think, in order for it to continue. Yeah, I mean, we might disagree on, like, maybe that being a barometer or whatever would not, or like that be that being a stopgap spot. Well, like, you know, like it's really that like um, pivotal. Well, the, uh, the May Marvel movie are, is supposed to be the biggest grossing Marvel movie of the year. I think that my biggest concern really is the Marvels. 
to be honest with you. If, if that's if that's another, another conversation, right? I, that that's I'll save for that. But like that's that's really my concern is that this how good this is, and then what they're going to throw, what they're going to give us with that. I'm not. I'm that worries me more than like okay. you know, see what I'm saying. That's more what I'm highly concerned about. It's like that drop off, like that inconsistency. I don't I don't like that, and I, nobody in the fandom likes that. You don't want, you know what I'm saying? We don't want anything. Nobody wants it to be perfect, but it's like, you know, you want some consistency again, I guess, basically, right? They're very simple things that people want from these movies. And the Marvel Studios produced, gave us those things. I'm very entertained by, by like the phase three films and whatnot. I love all of them. The thing is they gave it until this previous phase, which was so incomplete, which was so scattershot, which, uh, you know, it was supposed to be a, a great launching point for this next part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and turned out to be very mixed results at best based off not just mine or yours, but also the basic fan out there or just general movie audience. It's not just the MCU fan that you goes and watches Disney Plus for every MCU show or goes and watches no. all the movies each and every time out. We're talking about the general audience at large stopped caring in large parts in the previous phase because of what was done and it shown off and people weren't following it to the extent they once were after Endgame. Endgame was a blessing and a curse in disguise, you could probably say, because the fact is, yes, it capped off one of the greatest movie events in cinema history, but it also, coming off to that, it just means that everything else behind it needs so much more talent so much more uh i guess uh completion to where it's really really has to be good in order for it to sustain that kind of momentum and it just never did so that's why i'm saying you know dr strange last year it started to see a little bit of a slide yeah after the success of spider-man and that that's still you know people still had hope for the mcu uh, but then I, remember, we realized- Jared, remember, I told you Jared, remember i told you i think a long time ago that i just did a show one time and two two of my guests i know for a long time came on and whatnot collaborators and they came out and they both seen dr strange too mm-hmm. and it right off the bat in the studio before the show they both all they wanted to talk about was like how that seeing that film really, really, really made them like lose confidence. Well, and, it, it and- like it started, you know, with Spider-Man. Spider-Man No Way Home actually did so well. People were still high enough. I just think at that point in time, it's the Spider-Man people instead of wanting to go ahead and continue the MCU, it was more about the love for Spider-Man as opposed to what was going on in the MCU. Because we've seen ever since then, uh, even before then. Just people are just not connecting with a lot of these new MCU characters. So bring back some of the old crew from Guardians of the Galaxy that have been here for nine years. They're coming back for their last time around as a complete unit. And it, it I, it's just so hard because you, you see that a lot of people are enjoying it, a lot of people liking it, but you just don't have that same kind of uh, drawing power that it once did. It did good. But it certainly can't say it did great for a Marvel movie in May. Well, you know what? I think that uh, if I had to give, I had to guess, I think the movie will end up doing okay economically. It may not make up. It might not get to the level that you know maybe we would be the perfect level. But I think the word, the word of mouth, word of mouth is really that important, Gerald. Then. I know for a fact I've talked to a lot of already a lot of people, a lot of other creators about they've all they've reached out to me personally on their own just to let me know. 
right? Like, hey, just you know, I thought Guardians was great. You know, like I cried. The response I'm getting for on the ground level from like the fandom people that are on my shows is that they enjoyed the film, right? Like they liked it. They they thought it was. A, I thought it was. I get. I thought it was the best MCU film since Endgame, probably. I do. Okay. I think it was that good as far as like overall film. Like you know, what I'm saying like um, you know, uh, with Black Widow. It was a pretty solid film, but it, it, I was just, that was more of a biased thing for me. WandaVision was really good. I really like that. I think that's like really a great show. I really like it. I think that honestly, you probably agree, Gerald. Uh, there's a demand right now, I noticed, for like uh, people want more of that street level. Daredevil, Falcon of the Winter Soldier. They want, I think, more of that. Like, you know, from the MCU right now, I'm, I'm feeling like. And I'm feeling like Marvel Studios knows that, Disney knows that. And that's what that's why we're gonna see, you know, um, D'Onofrio, you know, dropped the ball already, right? And said that basically made put it out there that Birdball is gonna be in the the Daredevil series as Punisher. So we know we're gonna get from the Punisher in the MCU. I think Daredevil is really the, the threshold, Gerald. If they don't, if Daredevil doesn't work over eighteen episodes, and help revive the MCU off of it, right? Like I think it can potentially. Mm-hmm. With the relationship between uh spider-man and daredevil and the fact that spider-man trilogy will be more like him like you know friendly neighborhood spider-man in new york city fighting crime with his own villains you get what i'm saying contained yes right like uh, i think that they're, that they're really relying on that a lot and that dinofrio is going to end up being like almost like uh maybe a a villain not a big villain well, bernthal is going to be a part of this too so yes 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 but no the their impact could be huge that's all I'm saying, and I see if, if they can't if they can't make that work, then then I'm really worried. Well, I am worried now because again, this was supposed to be your marquee movie. May movies for Marvel are supposed to be the the highest grossing of the year, yeah. For the most part, they're supposed to be one of the biggest movies of the year, and it is the second largest opening of the year, which under normal circumstances is great, but. This movie was tracking at one time close to $150 million for domestically for an opening, and it opens up around 115. Usually it tracks a month, three weeks ahead of time, and then it grows and it spans beyond that. And this didn't do that. So that's why I have a concern. I think the again, it's not that I think people are tired of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's more reflective of people starting to fade a little bit on the MCU. And that, that's natural, though, I think. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like, or, but what is natural, though? Again, Gerald, no one's ever done what the MCU was done, what the Marvel Studios did. There's never been anything like the MCU before. It's never happened. Yeah. We, there, there is no, like, uh, there's nothing to compare it to, right? Mm-hmm. So at that point, like, how do we really know, like, what the marks where it, it gets to the stage where, like, you know, it's over? They can't, it, they can't revive it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's very interesting. It is to think about. And we'll see, right? But like, I want to be optimistic. I do, and I think other people should be too, right? Like, why do you say that? Why do you think people should be optimistic? Yes, I know because, that you said you're enjoying GOTG three because they but, gave us they gave us something they gave us something in the three phases that was something that was so impactful to so many people's lives, right? I think that Kevin Feige dropped the ball in phase four. He knows he did, right? And I think that he's legit. Like, he's a real man. You know what I'm saying? And he cares about what he does, right? 
And I think he does care about the ethos and, like, and everything and whatnot. Stan Lee, and, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, that he care, he does care about the comic book accuracy and all that stuff and whatnot. He doesn't want to sell out or whatever, whatnot. He wants to make good, you know, good movies that are based off these characters and these storylines. I think he just lost, so he dropped the ball. I think he got stagnant. They were, they, they were coasting. Endgame destroyed everything, blew the world up. And, and he just was like, you know what? I'm going to delegate. And, you know, and he put people in positions that did not make good decisions. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, again, it's about the stories that he ultimately says okay to tell. And, you're right, uh, you're right. About, yeah, the, yeah. about the characters he greenlit for those you standalone are. movies. Yep. In Good point. Yeah. You're right. You're I'm going to have to disagree with you because he's the guy. You're the right. You, you did. She and everything. She, he grinned all of it. You know, Kevin Feige was the one that goes to San Diego at Comic-Con and announced all these different timelines for Phase 4 that we saw. All these different movies that we saw during this Phase 4. He's the one that was up front about it. He's the one that oversees it. Sees it. He's the one that ultimately gives the okay on the directors, the main stars, etc., etc., etc. They can the, you know, they've got great casting agents for the past 10 years working on this as far as getting the right stars for the right roles. But ultimately, it's actually Kevin Feige that says yes. Same thing with the directors. Same thing ultimately with the scripts and the story. He's the ultimate one that sits down and says the He's the yes. shot caller. He's the overall yes. shot caller. So ultimately, yep. as much as I love Kevin Feige, he's got to go ahead and get some heat for this as well because this is something the poor return – not the poor, I should say – the less than enthusiastic returns this weekend monetarily. What I'm trying to get through here is that with Disney, it is a lot about dollars and cents. A lot of their decisions are financially based. They're cutting back on Marvel television shows and other properties on being put out there simply because the fact that they're not generating enough money or revenue off of Disney Plus to do so. So it that's, is. Well, they it lose, always comes they down lost, to money, my friend. Did it they always lose one, comes down to money. Jared, did they, did, they, did they not lose, if I'm right, $1.2 billion of Disney Plus in the third quarter last year? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money, man. Yes, and you've seen a lot of the issues that become out of it with Warner Brothers. You've seen a lot with their DC. Their stock dropped. Added. Their stock appreciated yeah. like half, like half and, by half, in like a year and a half or something like and that. Disney and Disney, same thing. Most of guaranteed profitability within the next couple of years, except for Paramount. We don't know what the status of Paramount because they've just lost half a billion on, on Paramount Plus, and so they're trying to figure out how to go or Paramount uh, as a whole, and they're trying to figure out. They're trying I, to figure I, out. How I like to Paramount Plus. Paramount. I do Paramount, like Paramount Plus, Plus is great, but we don't know yep. the status of how well it's going to do because, again, they're they're losing money hand over fist on it. Same thing with Warner Brothers. They've actually restructured. Yeah. So now you're going to see them come out as Max. Disney Plus, uh, Bob Iger's already said he's going to cut a lot of the fat from Disney Plus, which yeah, means course. less yep. content for you. So the decisions and- have been made partly because people – 
are not accepting of what has been seen and, in recent times by the Marvel Cinematic and Universe. Gerald, that's such you, a key part of what Disney needs to do going forward. I feel like it sort of supports that same thing that was supposedly Iger and like Feige essentially leaked to the media. Was that like they were, that's where they're going? You know, it's like they're really going to cut back. They're going to scale it back. Like what we might only get essentially like Secret Invasion. They at one point they said, you know, for the year for Disney for for the seat for the year, as far as like series go. Right now, with the way the MCU is shaking out, again, I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is being less attended, not because people are tired of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's less attended because they're being they're getting a little bit tired of the MCU in and of itself. Very much. General fan at large has grown weary of superhero movies and you're reflecting it with their dollar. And that's what you're seeing right now. And unless it's going to take a, it's going to take a, what an infinity war or end game quality level superhero performance for them to go running back to the theaters. Once again, we may see it with the flash because that has got good advanced word, even though there's a lot of issues with Ezra Miller, we'll see guardians of the galaxy got okay reviews up front but it's getting good word of mouth and again for me the, the key is no longer with a marvel movie what the first weekend does the key for me is what the marvel movie is going to do the next two weeks after you know what gerald look we should check back in at that point what not everything and see what the numbers are there and then maybe i can gauge with you better you know like uh, give you a better my better opinion as far as like you know the 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 importance of like uh, this real, you know, where this is at. This is this a spot where I mean, I, I get where you're going. It is the Guardians at the end of the day, right? Like, I mean, if any, if you one film and look at the timing, right? Like you said, you know, May, right? You mm-hmm. expect this this to be the one film where it would it would bust out, right? Mm-hmm. And like you know, and, and it did. No, they were projecting what that this would. There were people who did, that didn't project it would make a billion dollars. Uh, you know, uh. uh you well, know, that's they, what they that's what they hoped this one was going to do, but it's you know based off the initial no. numbers, it's not going to do that. No, it's not going to be feasible at all. No, no, based off that, I don't think it's even possible. It's going to be really difficult. And unless they had legs, and unfortunately, with Fast X and the Little Mermaid coming out later this month, and with all the other movies that are coming out this month as well, and in June and in July, this doesn't have the advantage of what the Super Mario Brothers movie did when it came out to uh, you know a lot of good movies that are out there but they weren't to the point where they were going to challenge long term what super mario brothers are going to do and that's why you see super mario brothers at over a billion dollars and why you probably won't see guardians of the galaxy volume 3 anywhere near that but when it comes to the mcu my friend and guardians of the galaxy volume 3 you've said great things about your time watching it. You said you're actually going to go ahead and see it again. I am. What What are some of the main points on why you liked Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, first of all, so much? the reason I, I'm going to see it twice is because I love this the MCU. I'm a Marvel comic book collector. I mean, I like I love the MCU. And I love the Guardians movies and whatnot. And it, what, do, we what, were, what makes this one so special? Why? Again, you, you've. You told people. I have a bot. Forty people. Okay. Why? Why? What? What? What is the reasoning behind actually it's, having it's, people go see this movie? It's because they it delivered what what uh, it, what Quantum Media didn't. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know what I'm saying? Like Gunn took it to a place where it was almost like uh, graphic. You know what I'm saying? Like it was there was very a lot of very adult themes in it. There really were. Uh, and I'm not talking about the animal stuff and whatnot. I'm talking about adult themes. Like they really like he added the maturity level to this this third film. That I really enjoyed personally. Now I did. I enjoyed personally. I did. I like how they did Adam Warlock. And no, I did not. 
the Poulter, a young man, did a great job. I thought Will Poulter, yes, yeah, he did a great job. Uh, his, he did his job. He, he he delivered his performance. I think the mm -hmm. the way he they wrote him, and like uh, the way the, how they had him direct, they told him to act. I didn't like. I didn't thought that it was not probably accurate at all in terms of like who and more like it really is, and what he's like. Mm -hmm. But then again, they did explain that he was like you know they 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 took him out of the cocoon too soon or whatever. Either way. I felt like the overall movie was very coherent. It was very good overall, fluidly, all the way through. Like, it was entertaining. It was like your usual Marvel kind of movie where, like, you come in and you feel positive the whole time. You enjoy it. There's nothing going on that ever happens where you're like, fuck, this is disappointing. It's terrible. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, if you fall off, you're going to fall asleep or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're entertained. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're entertained, right? Like, you know, there's something about it that's entertaining. Uh, it's that simple. Like it actually, it, it brings back and revives almost, you know, that vibe of coming in to see a Marvel movie and being literally, legitimately entertained by what you're seeing, right? By like the whole the villain wasn't that great. Uh, they I don't like the way that they did the High Evolutionary. Really, you know, the, I have my faults with it. I'll tell you right now. When we do our review. I got to see it two times because I want to savor it. I love I love these films, and I, at the same time, I want to be very fair. And very accurate in my review and not like allow my biases to creep in or like that and whatnot. So another look, right, will be good for that, right? To help me kind of just make sure that I don't come in there and kind of soft touch it. You know what I'm saying? And when I've done it before. I won't lie, Gerald. I have. Mm -hmm. I've I've kind of soft touched a film here and there and whatnot, like Love and Thunder, where I look back at it now and I'm like, that movie was hot garbage, right? And I tried to be nice to it, but it came out because I was worried about the fandom. And like I didn't want to give off the impression to my audience that like, you know, th this is that it was, this is horrible. You get what I'm saying? You understand? I'm not trying to get all meta, but I'm just saying. Well, I just I'm sorry. I just say it how I feel. If I didn't like the movie, I don't like the movie. People that have listened to watch this show over the years know that that Josh or myself or Melinda, if we don't like something, we don't like it. We just it's that simple. If we like it, we're gonna tell you why. If we love it, we're gonna tell you why. I, you know, fandom or whatnot, we just want to make sure people know and get it get it straight. Yeah, the way we cut it straight. We we don't we don't uh, just try to mess around on that. We can't be worried. I'll tell you on our end as far as what you know. If if we're supposed to give a right answer for it, if we didn't like something, then we need to tell the audience exactly why we didn't like no. it. And let them judge from there if they do or don't. That's and up I, to you. And I get where you're coming from. And honestly, Gerald, uh, uh, believe it or not, I am very blunt and like very direct about that. What people are like very black and white. But I I do really care about the MCU. I do. I do too. But I, I do too. Believe me, I've invested years of my life into this, and obviously, it's a great source of information, a great source of content for us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Back since I started this sure. in 2016. But uh, you know, if I see signs that yes. the MCU is not going in a good place, I'm going to call it out, and I'm going to let people know. Do I want people to be fired or let go for it? No. But I think that when the commitment that disney and marvel have made to this long term is not going in the direction you needed to go you need to just hey say stop we need to maybe reset and go in a different direction that maybe is more appealing to the fans i agree and i think that i think you're right that i think that that the i don't know if we're there yet though see i don't know if we're there yet but the, the, that's not the thing into that right and direction. we talked about this earlier the inconsistency does not help even if you do give us something good Right, like if Guardians ends up doing okay, whatnot, financially, whatnot, right? It's it's and, and people and more people agree with me that I'm, it's a really good film like that, and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what if the Marvels comes out and it's garbage, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, literally, like, you know, like, honestly, when I saw that teaser, all I thought to myself was, like, you know what? Amon Bellani is going to end up being the best part of the film. Mm-hmm. Right? Literally. Like, that's all I thought at the end of that. I was like, you know what? She's going to end up actually, like, stealing the show. She's going to carry the film. Because, like, honestly, I didn't see anything else in it that I found entertaining but her and, like, Mark Rambeau scenes. Right? So, I'm worried about that. Like, People don't, people, a lot of people worried about it. Well, that teaser, you saw that, you saw that teaser, man. Did that, yeah. did that teaser instill confidence in you? Well, I think again, for me, it was something that they had to be vague because it, it details the end of some of our beloved characters. And I know a lot of people I haven't yet seen yet, so I don't want to spoil it for them exactly who lives and who dies. But I will say right now, it is something that I think that people should take the time to see. Yeah. It, it is definitely something that, was not worse than Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which I said was barely a passable movie. I thought uh, it is not the worst of the MCU movies for me, but it is on the lower rank. It's probably somewhere. If I gave it a score out of 10, I think I said I gave it a five and a half or a six. I'm really mad that they, that I, I really feel like they disrespect, oh, in the way they, they didn't do, they didn't do, um, it, I don't it was, know. What, it was not, it's not a very good movie at all. They, did, they didn't do justice either to like uh, yeah. the Wasp and whatnot and everything, right? Yeah. And the and actual Ant-Man and whatnot. Like they should yeah. have been the focal points of the film. They well, should have been they, the ones. They, they should have been the ones to like, you know, to be in the big scenes and whatnot and everything, and be like the the, the center of the film, and whatnot. You know. Uh, well, that that movie has a whole bunch of issues. That would take another hour to talk about. But I know friend, that. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. It's out in theaters now. I I think people should go ahead, take a look at it, give it a chance, give it a thought, that, that decide whether or not it it'll allow you to continue the MCU, especially because after the after credit scenes, you also want to check out because it does have a future laid out in and of itself which i won't go into either but my friend it's just been great to have you here before we head on out you got to go ahead and do the hard sales pitch now go ahead pitch it out pitch it out my friend on why people need to check out the mcu's bleeding edge well really because at the end of the day um like you know uh look we we can't we've been evolving and um we're going to continue to evolve and at the end of the day um we have fun and if you watch our show, you'll have fun. You know, it's that simple. Like, I mean, we entertain people, we cover fandom stuff and whatnot, and now we're reviewing regular films. We're getting to a point where we're evolving all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm adding another show. We're gonna be doing four, you know, four full discussional live stream shows a week, a night, eventually be five, right? You know, it's one of those things. And like, you know, it's a situation where uh basically we're live, you know, so we, everything's very authentic. And you you know, if you like if you like to connect on a human level actually laugh and like enjoy something that's entertaining informative but like you know also like a somewhat r-rated that is, i won't lie i mean that is what we do uh and, and you know we make content and we, we 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 were trying to entertain adults that's our point like you know what i'm saying like we do have serious discussions right but we we're the bleeding edge uh, we're humorous we crack jokes but we do also like get deep um yeah. and gerald you know and there's a lot you know as well as i do there's a lot of stuff out there in the mcu that's worth talking about deeply. But no, Gerald, you know what? Honestly, man, at the end of the day, I hope people do go see Guardians. You're right. They should check it out. At least take a take a look at it. It's worth it's worth it's worth the ten dollars, whatever. And then decide whether or not you want to make another co- future commitment to the MCU. I think that's, that's probably the best way. That's to fair. Start. That's very fair. And you know what? You're very fair. So thank you very much. Uh, God bless you, Gerald. I appreciate coming out with you, brother. Uh, nice to nice to hang out with you again, buddy. 
Oh, always, my friend. It is the man of true knowledge. It is Jeff Sabota. Please go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Well, Jeff, great to have you here, my friend, talking Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Can't wait till you stop on by again, talking Marvel or whatever it is that we always talk about regarding pop culture right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.